Hi guys, welcome to the Highway to Heaven podcast. I'm Sophia. And I'm Angie. And today we have a very special guest, Father Mark Mary, here with us. Hey everybody. Hey Angie. Hey Sophia. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. It's such, honestly, it's so cool to have you here with us. And so, yeah, we just want to start off by talking a little bit about yourself. And also, by the way, you guys, if you didn't know, Father Mark Mary just released a new book with Ascension Press. Do you want to talk about about that a little bit? We we can talk about that maybe later on. Okay. Yeah, we can get into it because I think that that there's a lot there that we can kind of um, yeah. Flesh out oh, for, for sure, for sure. Okay. Would it be helpful just for a, a little introduction? Sure. Yeah, just tell us about you know yourself, who you are, what you do for the people that don't know, and if you don't mind a little bit about your testimony. Sure. Yeah, so my name's uh, Father Mark Mary Ames. I'm with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, who some people know as the CFRs. And uh, we started, our group started, like a little Franciscan group started in 1987 in the South Bronx. And now we've we've grown and we're, we're in New York, New Jersey. We're in um, England and Ireland. There's a guy in Germany doing some stuff. We're in Honduras, Nicaragua, and uh New Mexico. We're just opening a house in Oakland, California. So it's cool to be opening on the West Coast. And uh, I'm originally from Southern California. So grew up there and have been with the Friars since 2009. So about 11 years now. So getting, so it's getting That's up so there. Cool. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Do you all, y'all have heard of the Friars? Yeah. 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 Okay. How'd you, how'd, how'd you first hear about them? I've met father giuseppe a couple times and uh in a retreat in miami and then i think he's gonna be coming to give a retreat in my neighborhood in april but uh yeah just through friends telling us about these different retreats um yeah um my aunt actually introduced me to you guys in specific mostly because of your podcast poco a poco another plug if you guys haven't heard their podcast, go listen to it. But yeah, I have been listening to your podcast ever since I found out just because it's so, it's just such a cool way to like experience you guys because I feel like not a lot of people, you know, think like people like friars or nuns have fun or like are funny, you know? Yeah. But like when you listen to your podcast, it's like these guys are like totally normal and it's like hilarious yeah so yeah that's no, how I really found out about you guys. good well I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it that's you know that's the goal with what y'all are doing what we're doing is for what we put yeah. out to be you know a source of grace and encouragement for people um so maybe like my my particular story i'll kind of just give you a bit of a quick version of it as i'm from yeah southern california orange orange county and um Grew up like, yeah, kind of a cradle Catholic, but like not crazy, you know, like, um, like we didn't, we went to mass on Sunday, but we weren't like praying together as a family outside of that. Um, and it was really, I got super involved with youth ministry and a lot of that was actually just kind of through friendship, you know, and, and I think, um, as y'all have kind of, as we talked about a little bit before recording, like friends are so important, you know, and, um, and be like us offering friendship to people in the church is really important. 
And, uh, but I kind of like, I don't know if y'all can resonate with this. I kind of had this thing where it's like Catholicism was part of my life, but it wasn't like, but it's like, don't get crazy. You know, it's like, okay, like you yeah. can, you can help out the poor. You can go to mass on Sunday, but also like, like, don't get weird. You know, does, does that yeah. at all resonate with, with either yeah. of you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel that, especially, um, growing up with some friends that, may not be as crazy as they are in their faith um to some like I have both extremes I have some friends that like are kind of dry and then I have some friends who are really into their faith and so um at first I mean I've I've been a I'm a cradle catholic um but being around certain groups of friends it was really difficult for me to be like wow I'm totally in this and I want to share this but they won't understand so uh I feel like a lot more recently it's been kind of it's been easier especially with the podcast and having friends and just being able to talk about Jesus in a way that you know some people might not understand it but that's okay I'm just sharing and I just want them to know that you know they're loved and just I don't know just kind of like the basic things but um but yeah for sure I think it's kind of it's it's definitely really hard when you're a teen growing up in the culture that we live in right now um and also being kind of like labeled as a Jesus freak yeah I went to Catholic high school and middle school and elementary school my whole life but my immediate family like my dad my mom my sisters and my brother like we never went to church on Sunday and like we just weren't and we didn't practice our faith as we should have and I always tell people this when I like talk about my life I went to Catholic school and me, all my friends went to Catholic school, but you know, you hate school mostly. And like, what do you think you start like not liking or being bothered about? It's like, you know, the faith, like you don't always get a good religion teacher. And so, you know, in high school, especially, I was like super far from it. Like I was like worldly. I converted like a year ago fully to like, you know, giving my life to Jesus and so I still have a lot of friends that aren't into their faith but and you know I'm kind of glad that I like converted because now I feel like I understand people who are just you know following culture and like TikTok and like social media I understand them and I feel like now I can reach out to them so I can like talk to Jesus in a way that I feel like I hope they can understand in a way that's casual and like more you can find them in your daily in your daily life because you know before I was like you know cool you know party person and now I'm just like the Jesus freak I'm super grateful for everything because now I have friends that I can minister to and I can bring them to heaven with me so I just you know try to tell them try to get them to come to church with me. I invite everyone to church with me. Like literally people I haven't talked to in like months. I talk to them once. I'll be like, Hey, you want to come to church with me? You know, just like simple things. But Mm -hmm. yeah. So I totally understand that. Yeah. It's, and it's beautiful to hear both of your own stories as well, you know, and, and just from what I'm like reading in between the lines a little bit, it sounds like, uh, you're, you're Catholic. Like, there's like some like some of your members of your family are pretty into the faith as well. 
and you, yeah. you can't underestimate, you know, that influence. Just like good good soil, right? Like growing up in good soil at some point, like when the seed of the gospel like kind of lands, like, you know, the, the soil's there for, for the Lord to do his thing. And that and that was kind of similar to my story, is I think just I did grow up with, yeah, like really good parents, really good family and um and in the faith, even though like I again, like I just I wanted to be able to do what everybody else did Friday and Saturday night, you know, and like just the part, like I like, to, I like to party and I like to have fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, growing up kind of from, I was from like a bit of a wealthier background. There is some, some part of like wanting to have like, um, I don't know, like a certain image and a certain kind of like, uh, yeah, whatever, just like a certain vibe and like being like all in for Jesus wasn't really the vibe, you know? And, and that's yeah. true in a lot of different situations. But it was in college, freshman year of college, I went to Loyola Marymount University, which is out kind of in the LA area. And that was the first time I stopped going to mass on Sundays, just because, and I literally lived like 50 feet from the church. There's like a church right on my, on campus. And it was just like out of um, indifference. Like I, it wasn't like I was like anti all of a sudden, I just yeah. was kind of lazy. And, um, and then I was at a party, like a dorm party, and I started talking with this young lady who said she was an atheist. I'm like, how can you not believe? And like just defending the faith and the word of God and all this sort of stuff. And then the Holy Spirit just like rocked me, really profound me. And it was, I just, I knew it's like, you believe in it needs to affect the rest of your life. And so that was a moment where I just said, okay, if this is true and I really do believe it, like I want to give Jesus permission. I want to give God permission to speak into to everything. Like everything's on the table. And so really quickly, I got into the faith. And then um, I heard a speaker mention like Mother Teresa. And it was just sort of in passing. And in this, again, like the Lord just rocked me. And it was like, okay, I'm made to give my life to the poorest of the poor and nothing else is going to satisfy. And so I was like, I was maybe 18 or 19 at that time. Um, It was still freshman year of college. And so then I was like, okay, I want to be a missionary. I want to serve the poor. And I, I learned more about like the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and confession. And I was like, okay, I want to like, I want to go to people and I want to serve them. And I also want to bring them like the fullness of the sacraments. I want to bring them Jesus like that. And so it was actually at In-N-Out Burger. You guys know In-N-Out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it, was at, it was at In-N-Out. I was like 19 after some young adult meeting. And it was this kid, I don't even remember his name. We were eating like our double doubles or whatever. And he's like, there's this hardcore group of Franciscans out in New York who sleep on the ground and serve the poor and, and do whatever. And I went home that night and did a Google search, like Franciscans, New York, hardcore, whatever it was. And I found the Friars of the Renewal and I read our constitutions, like what we say we're about. And at that in that moment, it was just like, if this is real, this is really who they are. This is everything I'm looking for. And so that's how that's how kind of I came to kind of be all in for Jesus to want to serve the poor, to want to be a priest. And then it was at In-N-Out Burger. I found my vocation. (laughs) That is so cool. (laughs) That's so funny. But that's such a beautiful, like, story. Because, yeah, my cousin actually told me this example that an atheist, a girl, she was like, if Catholics really believe, you know, that God loves them this much, you know, then why aren't they at church every single day or adoration every single day? And it's like, bro, you know, you're getting schooled by an atheist. But it's like, that's true, though. Like, why don't we just give, you know, as much as we can? But, yeah, yeah that's like such a beautiful story. I love it. Yeah. And and what you're saying there was actually like, 
part of my own sort of discernment or path. And it's two parts is, is one is um, like basically the call to be a priest. Like if I believe that as a priest, like in the sacrament of confession, somebody could come who's been like, you know, struggling in sin their whole life. Right. And then they come to confession and they get to go to heaven because of that. Like if, if my one life helps one person have like eternal life with the Lord, it's like, okay, that's like, that's a, that's a good deal. Um, and the second is this, and this might you, like it'd be cool to kind of talk about this with you a little bit. Is Matthew nineteen twenty nine? There's this whole thing where um, where Jesus is basically talking about like it's really hard to get into heaven if you're rich. And then Peter's like, okay, well, what about us who's given up everything to follow you? And he says, whoever has given up like lands or brothers or sisters or mothers or, or oxen or whatever to follow me will receive a hundredfold in this life and eternal life. And um, for me, there's like this equation of like, okay, I. If I believe, if I believe, I can't say no to Jesus, like if he's asking for something good, because he's saying whatever I, I offer to him, whatever I like sacrifice for him, he's going to repay a hundredfold. So to yeah. say like, no, this is too good of a thing to give up. It's like, well, hold on, like, because he's promising he won't be outdone in generosity. So like, um, yeah, that that was like a huge thing for me, like just basically yeah, um, essentially like taking God at his word, you know? That's really awesome, though. That's like, that is, yeah, because I feel like, for example, now that we're in Lent, especially, people are like, oh, I can't give this up, but I'll give this up. And it's like, dude, trust that the Lord will sustain you. Like, he, he's going to give you so much more than this earth can, like, provide. So just like, you know, and it's hard to say yes. Sometimes, like, for example, a yes like to jesus can be as simple as you know going to mass or like going to that retreat or it can be like jesus is yes where he like literally died for us like he didn't want to die you know he didn't want to but he he knew he had to like that was his yes and you know i just feel like it's that's like something we all kind of have to remember and we all kind of struggle with just like giving things up like prayerfully you know like exactly what I think, you said. I think it's really amazing though that you knew from from such a young age your vocation because there's so many of us. I mean, me too. Like I'm struggling big time. I'm so torn. Like uh last weekend I was just I don't know, I was so blessed to be working with the sisters, uh the missionaries of charity in Atlanta. And I went to mass with them on Sunday and I was just there in their chapel and I was just like, I could see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Like, this is so beautiful. They're going out and they're helping these kids that they have like this after um, school program and they go and they feed the kids and they help them in their school. And I'm like, I could do this. But then also I like see the kids and I'm like, wait, I want to have a family. I want to get married, you know? So it's just so awesome that you knew already from such a young age your vocation and your call i think that's pretty awesome yeah yeah i think god made like kind of as the story unfolds is so that was when i was 19 i didn't actually enter till i was 24 and so part of i think what happened is uh i think god made the destination very clear like i just i just had like very early on and it was it's not normal at all is i just was like I just kind of, I just knew where God was calling me. And, um, but it was, I think because it was, it was hard for me to actually like, like actually have a yes that like 
trickled into like my whole life, like that got me into a plane going to New York. Um, and so that, that there is something to like, he calls us all uniquely mm-hmm. and individually and in different ways to different vocations and all that. Cause, and, and right. Our, our call, our invitation, it's an expression of his particular love for us. And so it is going to be unique to each of us and at like just the right time and, and just in the right, um, yeah, what, what's best for us, but also best for us serving him and glorifying him. And, and yeah, so, so I realize there's a privilege to um, how God called me because I think he knew that I like, I was going to be enough of like weak enough. That was going to be hard for me to actually like say yes. Right. A lot of us struggle with, you know, discerning our vocation and, you know, you basically hear it in almost every retreat. Um, there's always something about vocation, well, particularly, particularly in young adults. Um, so, you know, we all want to, we all pray, or at least, you know, most of us pray to see our vocation clearly. How, do you have any advice for people who haven't discerned their vocation and are discerning it? Because it is like, kind of like a mental battle, you know, what do I do? Do you have any advice, you know, in any part? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I think um, I, I heard a priest use this language and he was talking about something else, but I thought it was really helpful is um, it's like the, your circle of concern. There's like a circle of concern and that's like a lot of stuff that you're worried about. And then there's like your circle of influence of like what you can actually like touch and control. And part of the difficulty with like discernment is like God's call and the invitation and all of this, how the life, how life's going to unfold and whatever, like if, like who you're going to, like when God's going to send the right guy, things like that, or mm-hmm. the right vocation or whatever. It's like so much of that's out of our control. And so it can be like, it can be like, it causes a lot of anxiety, yeah. but like, okay, what, what can we actually adjust? What basically my way of proposing it would be like, you got to just cultivate the soil. Right. And, and so you got like, and so what, what we can do is, you know, just a call, it's an invitation from God. So you got to be able to hear his voice. And so having, having a prayer life, right. Having a familiarity with the word of God, all these are like, we, we kind of want, we kind of want God to cause an extraordinary way, like to speak to us an extraordinary way, but it's like, hello, like, no, like I've already kind of, I've already spoken, (laughs) you know I mean? It's just, Take, take a moment to like read and to listen and to sit and be still. So I think prayer 100% is first is, is important. Um, living a moral life is super important because like sin blocks us from being able to hear or to see God's will. Um, and then, and then just like my, my, my last thing would probably be this is like, just keep making the best decision you can, you know, like um, the, can I share maybe a little anecdote, a little story yeah, about discernment? Yeah. This is where, like, this was probably the most breakthrough thing I had in discernment is when I was, I was living in Honduras as a friar. I lived there for about two years. And one of my jobs was to, like, interview um, the families who were asking for help. And they're, like, they're like super, super, super in need. Um, like, basically... You, you had to be a mom with like a single mom with five kids. That was kind of like the baseline. Um, and so it was my job to like do the interviews. We go visit their houses, things like that. And I just remember feeling so stressed out about like these decisions. My Spanish isn't great. 
And I was like, you know, it's just like the stakes were so high. And then I, I went on a retreat and I just had this kind of new experience of like God being father and allowing God to be father in like the real stuff of life. And it's like, oh, you know what? Like I'm not, God has called me and he's placed me in this situation and he knows me and my limitations, but he's God. And so I can just do my best essentially, give it to him and then and trust in him. And, and like re- basically realizing that um, I'm not the only one involved with the discernment or the decision-making and that, um, so, so like I would go into these situations now talking to these women, knowing that God called me with my unique limitations and strengths, including like in that language, like situation like mm-hmm. Spanish, right? All right, Lord, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to gather the information I can. I'm going to offer, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to offer it to you. And I'm just going to ask you to, to bless it and to, to come into the situation. And I was just so freed. I was just so freed. And I think there's something about that for our own discernment is also it's like we can kind of get really stressed out because we forget that God's in it with us, right? Yeah. And so we think we can think that like every decision we make, it's like, oh, like if I, if I go to the wrong school or if I start dating the wrong guy or I'm not in the, I miss this like whatever, this potential yeah. event, like my whole vocation in life is doomed. It's like, come on, like God, God, like God's in it with you. So, so I think praying following Jesus and understanding like that, that he's, that you're not in it alone. I think it can be helpful. Yeah. And that is super easy for us to forget. Like, you know, God is always with us and, you know, just offer everything up to him. That's something that we all forget. So that's like, I'm so glad that you like help us remember that because that's super easy for us to forget. Yeah. But yeah, I do have one point I want to talk about because that we want to discuss because a lot of people, you know, prayer is super important, but prayer is a battle. Like you go to adoration and you're like, or you just like, you want to pray in your bedroom or something, but like your mind can easily just drift off into different places or, you know, you're just like mindlessly praying, you know, on our father or Hail Mary. So do you have any, you know, advice, wisdom to share on how to build a solid prayer life and how to just, you know, be present in prayer, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of thoughts on it. You know, uh, I think ideally, right, you speak to each person individually and hear their unique yeah. story and then sort of coach them that way. Um, for the sake of a broader audience, um, I think step one is there's this line of um, in the catechism, like, yeah, we're called to, like this is echoing St. Paul's letter. It's like, yeah, we're called to pray without ceasing, but you're not going to pray all the time if you don't pray sometimes. And so first thing would be just to, I think, to have like particularly in the morning, if you can, this whole idea of like seek first the kingdom of God of like, can, can you before you kind of get running with your day? can you have like five or 10 minutes with the Lord? Because like, that's like really, if you, if you offer the Lord, like the first, if you will, like the first fruits of your day, you seek first the kingdom. Um, you can have your, your Jesus time, your time with the Lord before everything starts to like fall in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's like, it's super hard. I get it. Like morning, mornings generally are difficult. 
Um, but if you can get five or 10 minutes in the morning before you kind of everything else before, and even this is like, again, right. This is that, that Matthew 19 principle. Like if you're going to give something to the Lord, he's not going to be outdone in generosity. Like if you can give time to Jesus before, again, you like get into your, your, your other screens, things like that. Yeah. That's going to make a huge difference. Okay. And then if you commit, and this is the hard part though, because like if you commit to getting five or 10 minutes in the morning, well, that means you're going to have to like make a decision the night before about like what, like what time you want to go to bed, you know, or, or what, you know. Um, so like if you, if you really just start with that morning time and have that be like the most important thing, it's going to affect a lot of your life. So that's mm-hmm. one. Um, number two is, this is stealing from one of the saints. I think it's St. Um, Charles Borromeo. And he's talking to priests and he's like, okay, you, you're complaining about being distracted while you're offering mass. But like, what were you, what were you just talking about? Like in the sacristy, right? Like before you go out into the church, what were you doing um, 30 minutes before you got into the sacristy? Cause sometimes it's like, all right, we want, basically we want like a quick fix. Like we want to be able to go to the chapel and just immediately enter in, go super deep with the Lord and then plug and then jump back out. But it's like, well, that's just not quite how it works, right? Because whatever you were thinking about, whatever whatever you were doing before you come to the chapel, if you're super anxious or super stressed or super like involved with a thousand things, like just because you're a human being, the transition to like stillness and quiet, that's not easy to do. And so I think um, if like looking at particularly around like your prayer time, what are you doing before, after, things like that mm-hmm. um, are actually going to help us have like long-term win. Yeah, that's such a smart that's idea, awesome. honestly. Yeah, that's helpful, though. It's really helpful because I feel helpful. like for me, for me, the, the way I pray, I can't mental prayer because I know that I'll drift off very easily. So that's why I journal. So I journal all my prayers. So I'll just sit there and then I'll just go on. But then I could I also see how it could also become like a mindless thing, like oh, I'm just writing all these words, but am I meaning everything? Am I really thinking about Mm -hmm. this? Or am I still writing or thinking about all the other things I have going on? But, and I also really love the morning prayer. I always, I've always tried really hard to have morning prayer. I I feel so bad just (laughs) because something else, I always have other things to do. So I'm like, it's fine. I'll just do that at night. And then I feel like guilty all day. I'm like, man, I didn't give the first, like, couple minutes you know to jesus so i think that's really helpful though um to have morning prayer yeah. i really love that yeah it's really good. i've been incorporating morning prayer because i used to do it at night and it did you know it was kind of like a ritual obviously like a ritual but so i would do it every night but then i stopped because i was just like so tired i was like i just have to go to bed So I started, I have this little prayer card on my nightstand. And the moment I wake up, which sometimes isn't easy to remember, but as the more I did it, the more it became a habit. I prayed to the fiat of the eternal father every morning when I woke up. So I do that. And, you know, sometimes I do it like mindlessly because I'm just like, my beloved father, whatever. I'm like super tired praying it. But then I'm like, wait, I have to slow down. I have to mean it. So I wake up to that prayer and then I take, I do like five minutes. I just go outside and like sit down and just like feel the sunshine. And I'm like, I'm thank you, Jesus, for this day. You know, I just start thanking him for everything in my life. So, and honestly, that's just, that's awesome. That's been awesome to do because it just 
makes the rest of the day just a little more peaceful. You know, yeah. every day is different and, you know, I get anxious easily and like, you know, it just doing that really helps me start my day with peace, you know, and sometimes the day gets crazy. So I forget to pray, you know, obviously I pray before I eat just, you know, I've been doing a little bit of habit, you know, every time I eat, I, I say, you know, um, blessed our Lord prayer. And then I do the St. Gertrude prayer. And I honestly, that's just been good because when I don't sit down and pray at night, at least, you know, I've done all this in the morning and throughout the day. But yeah. so, yeah, okay. that's I'm, like really smart. I'm going to share a little, a little, again, a little something that happened with Mother mm-hmm. Teresa. So Mother Teresa, like when she um, when she was coming to start a community, in, like her, her first house in New York, one of our founders was asked to like help her do that and it was right before we started and um so so this priest father benedict he's telling mother Teresa about all the stuff we're going to be doing and she says well um well you need to make sure the brothers get a holy hour in every day and he's like well i don't know mother it's like we're gonna be so busy i don't know if we're gonna be able to do that and then her response without skipping a beat is well then you need to, you need to pray two holy hours and and what like the the principle Dang. is this like what she's saying is this it's like it's like and I use this, this is one of the things that comes up in, in the book is this mm-hmm. idea of like, if you were going to go like run a marathon or do a bunch of stuff and you're like, I, I sorry, I can't have breakfast because I have like all this, I have all this exercising to do. You'd be like, well, no, that's ridiculous. The fact that you have all this stuff going on is even more reason that you should be like eating breakfast. Mm-hmm. And it's something like similar with, with wow. like prayer and a relationship with God. Like we have busy lives and we have a lot going on. And often we use that to say, well, no, I can't pray because I have all this stuff going on. It's like, well, well, no, actually, because you have all that going on is even more reason you need to make sure like you begin your day with the Lord because life's hard and life's difficult and life's there's a lot of there's a lot of struggles that are come along and you're not meant to go into life without the Lord. Like you're not meant to do it alone and you're not meant to do it in your own wisdom or your own strength. And so praying every day. It just gets us in that right place so that we can, with the Lord, um, really, really well with grace, enter into whatever our day is going to throw at us. Wow, that is so beautiful. That's such a beautiful way to put it. Mother Teresa is so awesome, bro. (laughs) But yeah, we need prayer, honestly. That's... Yeah. So what uh, I'm gonna ask you a question. What are you? What's like outside of our little podcast here? What else uh-huh. are you guys into? Are you into music? Are you into sports? Are you into? Um, yeah, um, I love art. I'm right now. I'm studying graphic design, but I love art. I love painting, sketching. Um, mm-hmm. I like to play the piano. Um, what else? I I like to. I love to read. So I just, you know, I'm kind of just, I kind of just like to do whatever I not do whatever I like, but I don't know. I like everything. So I just like to try new things, I guess, too. But I do those things kind of like daily. So that's the first things I can like off the top of my head. And how about you, Sophia? Uh, Oh, I like playing the guitar. I really like playing the guitar. I've been getting into the piano a lot lately. Um, I like writing a lot. <laughs> um, so I'm constantly writing something. Um, and then yeah, just being home. I don't know. I like being outside. 
Um, what else? I don't know. I like taking pictures. I really love photography. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so kind of like a couple of things you both had would be like maybe music or, mm -hmm. or even the podcast, like in yeah. your, in your, whatever, like developing that, right? Like, do you, do you watch like YouTube videos? Do you watch different musicians yeah. or, or um, maybe yeah. podcasters and try um, to like learn from what they're doing? Is that something you do? Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I need to learn a new song, <laughs> I go on YouTube so yeah, I definitely do try to learn a lot from YouTube, from people that are successful in like an, a song that I want to play or successful in like, I don't know, art. I look at just stuff. I look up to them for that like specific thing. Yeah. And I try to learn. Yeah. Um, so yeah. There's just different websites out there. There's, yeah, there's different websites out there that I've used. Um that just teach you like the basic like if I am learning a song I'll just use like a uh, ultimate guitar or whatever and it has piano ukulele um guitar it has a bunch of different things and so I kind of like customize it into what I'm gonna play um and then it gives me the chords for that so then I'll like memorize it or whatever but, but yeah because I asked because I think like if you're into whatever you're into, if it, if it is like music, if it is art, if it's podcasting, if it's sports, if it's like whatever fashion, like interior design, whatever, mm -hmm. like most of us, it's a pretty natural thing to like, okay, let's see who's doing this and doing it really well and try and learn like, what are, like, what are they doing? And then we try and emulate it. And, um, and I think we can do this with like discipleship too right it's like yeah. um okay who who's like who's kind of gone all in and following jesus and done it really well and and doing it for like a long time and let's try and learn from them and this is kind of like we've already been talking about a lot of what we talked about in my little book the book's called habits for holiness and mm -hmm. but but the kind of a, a foundational principle of it is like if you look at like monks or you look at like sisters nuns like mother Teresa, you look at like friars like these are people who have like for at least collectively for like 2000 years, maybe 1700 years when it really started, have been like you spending their whole lives, like being like all in on both like spirituality and humanity. So like the experts, whatever, the experts of following Jesus, the experts of, of what it looks like really, really have been historically like these religious. And so we're talking about people who have lived over 1700 years, men, women, all these different countries, different languages, different cultures. So like what I was asking, like if there's anything that they have in common, like we should pay attention to it because it's probably for a reason. And one of the things they all have in common is they all pray in the morning. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's just, yeah. there's, there's not a religious order out there who's like, okay, our main prayer time is going to be uh, right before bed. Mm -hmm. Like it's always the first thing we do in the morning is going to be prayer. Um, and I just think that's, that's not just some wisdom for monks or priests or nuns, but I think it's just wisdom for human beings who want to follow Jesus. Like mm -hmm. there's yeah. something really important about beginning our day with mm -hmm. prayer. And so again, like if you're going to, if you want to be a rock star or you want to mm -hmm. be, you know, a great musician or a great, um, artist and like all of the great artists are doing something in common, it's like, okay, I'll probably do that too. Like mm -hmm. these people who are kind of monsters of spiritual life, 
lay or consecrated, they're all praying in the morning. And so I just, I do think that's like a great place to start. That is so awesome. awesome. That's so, I really love that. That's so true. Dang. But it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. Yeah, for sure. It really is hard. It shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't. You should just be enjoying it and happy about it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Like, honestly, I love praying. I love it. Yeah. It's getting myself to stop whatever I'm doing. Uh For sure. It's getting myself to stop whatever I'm doing and just take the moment to, like, pray. But, yeah, you see, that's why it's so good for me in the morning and for everyone else. I 100% recommend it. You obviously do, too. Because I'm not doing anything in the morning for me. Like, I'm not doing anything, so I'm just like, you know what? Jesus time. At night, I'm like, you know, just trying to go to sleep. I'm on my phone. And I would love to give every second of the day to, you know, Jesus. And you know what? Like, I should. But I want, you know, you know, the morning is such a good way to start. So, yeah, what you said. Like, and I look up to the saints so much. I want to be, you know, like them. We all should strive to not be like them, to be like Jesus, but to look up to them, to be like Jesus. Yeah. Because they had it. They did something right. You know, like you said, they did something right. And so... Do you have, I want to ask you a question. How can we, you know, how can we kind of make little changes or do you have any advice on how we can live more saintly? Because we're all, you know, we are all called to be saints. Do you have any like advice, especially with, you know, social media and movies and stuff? We can kind of get distracted, you know, especially as teenagers, young adult Catholics, you know, we can get distracted sometimes, distracted from prayer, distracted from, like, how to live a holy life. And, you know, your book is Habits for Holiness, but would you have any, yeah, just any advice on how to live a more saintly life? Yeah, and again, that that's literally the whole point of that book. Insofar as, like, you know, because a lot of people, like, generally for most people, we don't have a sincerity problem. We have a strategy problem. Meaning like mm-hmm. people like, like we, yeah, like we're totally 100% sincere. Like we want to give our lives to Jesus, but oftentimes we're not doing it the way we want to. Not because we're not like really like sincere about it, just because we don't really know maybe what it's supposed to look like or where mm-hmm. to start. So I think this, this is a great question. And for, for the sake of this conversation, um, and maybe just to kind of echo something that, that you said, Angie's like, you're not going to give every second of your day to Jesus if you don't give him the first five minutes, right? And so um, I do think that like really kind of committing to just beginning your day with with some kind of prayer, I think that's like, that's that should be like struggle number one, battle number one. Like, um, because if what you'll notice is again, like to be able to be faithful to that time of prayer some other, a lot of other stuff is going to change. Um, and, but it's, it's like, this is like why we call that podcast Poco Poco. Like it's, it is little by little. Mm-hmm. And so, all right. Like, I'm not going to ask you to like get rid of your social media. I'm not going to ask you to like um, do this or that, but like, I, can we start with trying to get five minutes of prayer in the morning? Mm-hmm. Um, but like on purpose, you know, and like, mm-hmm. and like kind of like first thing. 
at least five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. It yeah. can be 20 minutes. Like for us, our, in, in my house, we have guys like it's by rule, basically from eight, six to eight 30 is prayer time. It takes a couple different forms, but a lot of guys are up and making like an early holy hour. So a lot of my brothers are like from the first three and a half hours of their day are all in prayer. Um, that's personal prayers together. It's the mass. I'm not asking you to get for three and a half hours. I'm asking you for five minutes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I do think, I do think that's like a great place to begin. Yeah. It's for sure. For sure. For sure. Like that honestly would honestly, ever since I've started praying in the morning, it makes me want to like, you know, pray more throughout the day. So it's like a good little life hack for Catholics, if you will. It's such a good, yeah, that's, that's, it makes me just want to pray more throughout the day and, you know, live more holy. You know what I mean? I did notice <laughs> on our retreat that we went to almost a month ago, we always had, oh, yeah. we had morning prayer. Yeah. Was it before or after mass? I can't remember. I think it was before. We, no, um, we woke up, had breakfast, and then we had morning prayer. And then mass. Okay. So, yeah, we had morning prayer before mass. But I just remember I just loved it so much. And being there because it was an all-girls retreat. The girls and the guys were separate. And it was just so amazing to be praying kind of like first thing with all of these girls in the chapel and just giving our day to Jesus and being like, okay, we're going to do this day with you. And then the aftermath was all day you're just so excited and happy about what's gonna happen for me that was the biggest thing that I mm -hmm. did notice um and so I did I brought the prayers that we did over there back and stuff but I have I've been lazy I've been really lazy since the retreat I'm like putting off prayer time and stuff but that was definitely it I saw a change in my spiritual life when I gave Jesus the first mm -hmm. you know five minutes um of my day but yeah yeah that was really good yeah. um so we did have we had a couple questions on instagram and i did want to ask this one from uh a priest um likes what is the word i'm looking for like from your side so this person responded to our little like question box on instagram and he said i'm an atheist how would you try to convince me of the existence of your god yeah yeah, I think that's I think that's a like a fair question. Um, and my like, if this is actually a person talking to me first, I, I mean, what my first movement would be just to, like I would like to hear his story, right? Hear where he's at. I mean, I think um, one of the things that we like as Christians sometimes we kind of get in trouble with is um, we go into like our evangelical efforts are like, let me, let me, let me tell you something, sit down, sit down and listen and let me tell you something. And like, yeah. that's not, that's not really <laughs> necessarily going to be the most <laughs> yeah. strategic way to go. Um, so I'd love to hear the the person's story and, and, and why they don't believe and where they got to that point. The second thing, like our, as a friar, like our most effective evangelical tool is the same one like mother Teresa had mother Teresa. When somebody like would ask something, She'd always say like, come, yeah, come and visit, come and see. So if you like, come, come and see the work we do uh, in the house for the dying, come and see the work we do with like the um, picking up, yeah, people off the street, you know, 
And so that would be my invitation is like, come like, cause there's a lot of caricatures of faith. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of caricatures of, of, of religious people or of the church. And it's like, well, come and come and see what we do in the homeless shelter. Come and see what we do when we go and bring food and spend time with the drug addict and the prostitute on the street. Come and see the way in which we, we treat one another. And like, I'm not going to begin with like these argumentations. I'm going to, I want, I want you to come and see um, when, when Christianity is lived well, it's incredibly beautiful. And um, so that would be, that would be my invitation. It's like, Hey, let's, let's hang out. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. For me, I would definitely be like, okay, here is where you're wrong. <laughs> this is what you need to know. Um, but yeah, come and no, see. That's yeah. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I think, really I don't know if you said that in one of your podcasts. I mean, if you guys have talked about come and see, because I heard that somewhere and I never stopped saying that. And I'm pretty sure it's from you guys, but I never stopped saying that because I'm surrounded personally me by a lot of people who do you know question it a lot and I feel like I can't give you a direct answer I'm not like I can't you know change your mind I think Mm -hmm. I don't think I can but I do want you to see how I live and I want you to see how Jesus works in my life because I feel like I know Jesus is present in my life and by like I just want them to come see, you know, just, I don't know. I want them to come see Jesus. And, you know, I can't like show him like, oh, hey, here's Jesus, my best friend. Like, but, you know, by how I just pray whenever I eat or something. I don't know, man. I just, I just want people to come and like see how I live for Jesus. But, and so that's one of the things why we started this just to kind of show our lives display them how we talk because i feel like every time we talk especially jesus is present we always like talk about our faith and anyways yeah just i'm like rambling but yeah come see (laughs) just such a no it's it's two words beautiful pair of words yeah i think if um you know and everyone's everyone's gonna react to different stuff yeah but this is like this is the thing is that we we as catholics like we can have a lot of confidence in our beliefs and our faith. And if you want to mm-hmm. talk, if you want to talk philosophy and you want to talk metaphysics and you want to talk creation, and you want to talk science, like, okay, we can, like, we can hang. If you want to talk yeah. uh, social justice and caring for people and the poor and, and, um, and all that. Cool. Like, yeah, we can, like, we've been there. We've done that. We can hang. Like, if you want to look at, look at like, look at somebody who goes all in on an atheistic worldview mm-hmm. versus somebody who goes all in on Jesus. And it's like, so look at mother Teresa, look at John Paul, the second, look at Damien of Molokai, look at uh, blessed Miguel pro look at St. Therese. What like, you know, okay, cool. You want to go examples? Like we can hang. If you want to, if you want to talk miracles, like if you're into that, like check, like look at Padre Pio with his, his stigmata for 50 mm-hmm. years and all of the, the studies that were done with it. And it's like, or look at look at the healings at Lourdes. Look at what's going on at with um, uh, Guadalupe and the Tilma. There, it's like okay, if you want to talk miracles, we can talk miracles. For me, um, I believe most importantly because of what Jesus has done in my own life. Right, my my faith yeah. isn't the fruit necessarily of 
uh, philosophical argumentation, scientific mm-hmm. study, um, comparison of saints for sinners or whatever, or miracles. It's like I lived one way and I lived I lived kind of like a spoiled I grew up a spoiled kid in Orange County playing like mm-hmm. at the country club. And now I'm like this priest friar living in New York with vows of poverty, chastity and obedience. And like yeah. I've never been happier something's different in my life and and it's jesus right and and yeah. so that would i don't know i just think my i guess that's a little bit of an encouragement towards catholics is like mm-hmm. you don't have to be um yeah. you don't have to be like nervous going into these conversations but um yeah but you also don't have to have all the answers oh for sure yeah that's honestly super important for me to remember too but like you said like you were you go you grew up a spoiled kid and then you know you changed like I honestly have a similar story like I was you know in high school obviously like I love to party and everything and I am not the same person at all and you know what's different in how I used to live and what's different now is honestly just obviously Jesus and that's why whenever you know a friend from high school like a friend you know, that I used to hang out with, they asked me and I'm like, just, you know, Jesus changed my life. And it's like not a cheesy thing to say because that's honestly my honest answer, you know? And I just think, yeah, I honestly too learned, as as I converted, you know, when I fully gave everything to to God, um, I learned more of Jesus by looking up to people who, you know, kind of not made it in their faith, but like, you know, have been into their faith longer, like saints or something, or even people I know, like my cousin, for example, I looked up to her a lot because just everything like she did like daily, like the movies she watched, for example, or just how she talks, like you can tell like Jesus is present in her. And so that's something like, a confident Catholic, that's where I learned from the most rather than researching. And obviously the Bible, you know, the Bible, that's where I learned the most too. But other than like researching, you know, philosophical websites or something or books, um, like I have books here, but I didn't learn anything. Like I didn't learn as much as I did to like people, like nuns and stuff. Just, I don't know, people you could tell Jesus was in their lives. Yeah. And so that's why I always say, like, I'm just, I want to teach people about how I live. You know, I'm not the most holy person, but I want to live just how Jesus did. I want to try to, because that's how I learned, and that's how I want other people to learn from me, you know? So that's just what my response to what you said. <laughs> but, yeah. We have another question we have like a couple questions on Instagram. And if you would like to answer this one, hold on, let me find it. It's how do you help someone find their way back to the Lord? Like a lost soul, basically. Do you have any like advice? Because I feel like that's a really important thing to touch. Yeah, you know, and, and it, everyone's story is unique. Right yeah. and how how somebody ended where ended up where they are is is unique and again so there's there's um 
I think it's not bad to first recognize like um, you can't make decisions for other people. Mm-hmm. And and right like like and um, and someone and this is just true. It's like someone can can have grown up in the most ideal situations, but there has to be a personal openness, a personal decision, um, and like and like and that's that's between them and God, and and we just can't mm-hmm. like force that. But also, we're not culpable for that. So mm-hmm. some people maybe if they have a friend or a relative or brother, sister, child who's like kind of gone off, like they can feel really guilty about it, but it's not, it's not all like, yeah, you're not necessarily like responsible mm-hmm. for everyone's decisions. You know, I think yeah. um, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of different examples. I do think praying for somebody, um, John Paul II says something along the lines of, um, and this is, I, I think I break it up. I, in our, um, as, as by our baptism, we're baptized in, to share in Jesus's role as priest prophet and king and um so i have like this is one of the part of parts of one of the chapters of the book is about this is like uh john paul ii talks about how um there's no greater force in human history than prayer united with sacrifice and so like the i think the first thing you can do for somebody who you really like care for who's maybe kind of gone off is like you want to pray for them and i would recommend so like a, just like a little sacrifice mm-hmm. for like a period of time. And so that could be like giving up your favorite type of cookie or, you know, maybe, yeah. um, maybe giving up like, yeah, some like maybe you have a, like a spot you like to go to, to get like your coffee or to get a, a whatever smoothie, like, okay, for, for a month, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to offer that for this intention. I think that there's a lot of power to that. Um, mm-hmm. Before making that sacrifice, I would just check it with one other person Um, because you want to keep it kind of small. Like we're not talking about like I'm only going to eat like bread and water for a month. Um, But just to check that with one other person so that you don't do something weird. Um, (laughs) So I think that's it. And then just always being available to somebody, like letting them know that you care for them. Um, I have have a friend, kind of, I I guess a friend, she's she's younger, kind of somebody who I'd, I'd kind of walked with a little bit a few years ago who I just like realized is like kind of like totally gone like anti-Catholic mm-hmm. and uh, like kind of like vocally and she doesn't know I know that so like so I just said like hey just wanted to say hi to like one of my favorite people hope you're doing well look forward to you know being in touch down the road and so mm-hmm. like my first movement was like hey like we need to sit down and have a talk because what you're doing is off it's like mm-hmm. just so you know like I care for you and I'm still like here for you like um just that that culture of trust is where evangelization mm-hmm. happens. Um, so I think that's a thing. Praying for people, a little sacrifice, staying staying in relationship, being their friend, um, and then you know, as as when the appropriate time is, certainly you can speak truth into their life. You can invite them back. Yeah. Um, that that would be some of my initial thoughts. But don't reduce their struggle or don't reduce their situation to something that like you should be able to solve in five easy steps. Mm-hmm. That's just not how life works. Yeah. And we got to remember like, we are not like other people's saviors. Like Jesus is our only savior, but like that's super important to remember too. And yeah, honestly praying and fasting, like you said, is it helps a lot. <laughs> like that is a super important thing to do 
it's and it's that same principle we talked about with discernment is like yeah you're not in it alone like god is with yeah. you and and um and so just to never never take on like the entirety of the burden on your own but just to to do what you can but also to always be inviting the lord to, to do his part yeah. yeah for me that's a little difficult um with like praying praying for me is kind of difficult in the sense that i it's really difficult for me to rely on God. Like, okay, God, here, I'm going to give this to you. And I know that you're going to take care of it because I'm a control freak. And so for me, that's really difficult to let go and be like, okay, he's got it. Um, Like for the past couple of weeks, I've been stressed out over a few things and just, I, everybody's like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. You just got to give it to Jesus. And I'm like, I don't know how to even do that. Like I cannot just give this to somebody and think they're going to figure it out for me. Like for me, it's I have to do it. I have to figure out a way to to fix it or to, I don't know. And so like there are a lot of people in my life who I would I really want to save and I want to bring to the Lord. But praying and fasting for me, I feel like it's it's a struggle because sometimes I like super into it. But other times I'm like, is this really helping? Like I'm not seeing a change. They're, it's getting worse, you know. So. I think that that's pretty, that's awesome though that that we could do that and be able to help them that way. Yeah, and it's it's a, a couple of things in that. Again, I, I I'm I'm trying to avoid for this part of the conversation the word fasting only because I think fasting is a little bit more intense of a thing that I'm, I'm oh, asking yeah. okay. for. Probably just like a, a, a little sacrifice, mm-hmm. and just because with fasting, like I do, just it's really important that we're we're talking to somebody else about it because um, there's a tendency to kind of try and do too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Jesus, you know, like how many how many people walked with Jesus or saw Jesus and um, they didn't come to faith? Like there, there's there is a real there's like there's limitations to what we can do, and it's always mm-hmm. we invite people, but but there is a part of their life that that we can't control. Um, and then and then lastly is like Philippians four four and following is like have no anxiety about no rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your needs known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I bring that up because it's like, rejoice in the Lord always. Cool. I want that. I'm not there yet. Have no anxiety about anything. Sweet. Awesome. Like, not even close. But I think that part is like, okay, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your needs known to God. That's so crazy. That's so crazy that you bring that up, though, because yeah. I've been praying this week with Philippians 4, 4 verse, I think it's 4 through 9, that, like, paragraph. And that's just so crazy that you brought that up. Oh, like, whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, whatever yeah. is true, is that, is that part? Yeah. yeah. Okay, but now, now we're going to go, we're going to go down a couple verses. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's that's the that's the thing. It's like, it just, it, you want to do it maybe once a day. Uh, not more than that. Okay, Lord, here's like, you got to like with, that's the part is like, you got to be like really concrete. Okay, Lord, with this friendship, this relationship, this person, Lord, I need you to take care of them. Mm, right. Yeah. And then you can do that each day. And it's, it's not like, it's not like we're letting go. We're, we're like hiding from, we're sweeping under the rug. It's like, it's a handing over to God. And I think that's, it's humble. It keeps us in our identity in your case is like daughter of father. Um, but just like once a day, because the tendency yeah. is to keep trying to control and take back. 
Um, but also For pay sure. attention to is it working? The people's, yeah. you know, the lives you're trying to control and change. Yeah, yeah. Is it happening? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's so awesome. Okay. So another question that we got was how do we deal with peer pressure into drinking, drugs, and everything worldly? Basically, was the question. Yeah. How old do you have any idea how old that person is? Um, like our age, like, and they're like teens. Okay. Like early, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like later teens, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Um, friends matter. <laughs> yeah. You know, friend, yeah. friends matter. And um, there's like, you know, there's like, a, it's a little bit of a principle about like, like screen time. It's like, um, kind of the longer you're on your screen or something like that, the more likely you're going to end up doing something that you shouldn't do. Or like, you know, the more likely it's going to kind of go into something sinful or kind of hurtful. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that with like, like it's great to, like we, we want to be friends with everybody, but you want to be, you do want to be particular about who you tend to mo spend the most of your time mm -hmm. with. Because like, um, it's, it's Psalm 1 is like, what I, I wish I had it right now, but it's like, it's basically Psalm one. The very first Psalm talks about it's like you gotta watch out for hanging out with people who are doing the wrong thing because eventually you start doing the wrong thing too. And so um, I think you you ask the Lord to send you some friends who are gonna like encourage you on your journey, and and that and that's who you want to spend the most of your time with. Um, but that doesn't mean you cut off a relationship with those who are struggling. Like, but but that the the people who are consistently like drug and drinking, that kind of stuff. If that's who you spend most of your time with, uh, just the way human nature is, like mm -hmm. you're going to fall into that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And so. that's like such an easy thing to get into these days. Just because we all want to be, we all want to fit in. And that's like just a sad reality. <clears throat> like I, I know how easy that is to fall into. So I think that's all the questions that we're going to ask on Instagram that we're going to answer from Instagram. Here's a question. These are some of the other questions that we had come up with. How can we deal with persecution mm -hmm. in our own home or in our family? That That's really good. I feel like everybody has somebody in their family who, you know, is probably not Catholic or is atheist or I don't know, something like that, or not just living um a good life how would like what would you say like how would you what would your advice be um to accept kind of like the persecution from the people that you love from your family and so that would be like kind of like jokes being made at you or something like that uh yeah, yeah um, or or pushing you away or just because you don't have the like, same beliefs yeah in my family I definitely have a lot of persecution just because they think, well, not all of them, but I've been, like, called a pushy Catholic just for trying to get, like, my brother to pray with me or someone. And, you know, just, just like, stuff like that because little things that they just, like, make you feel bad for being, you know, faithful and having your faith because it's not cool you know 
it's not a cool thing to be, you know, a teen, a teenager with like that, like lives for the Lord. It's not cool. So just like, you know, and I think like, yeah, everyone has some persecution from like maybe aunts or uncles where they just like kind of laugh at your faith, you know, make fun of you for it or because they just don't like care. And like, they, I don't know, just I think that's like an example. I think you can like base your response off of. Sure. I think that's that's great is, um, you know, I do think that we probably maybe a, a starting point is we just want to make sure that we are good. Like we don't want to unnecessarily create enemies. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, and 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 the a lot of like the best work of evangelization happens again in that in the context of, of trust. And so um, we do, especially when we get fired up about the faith, we want to like make sure that we don't become like like we don't become like necessarily like preachers over listeners as well. Like mm-hmm. we just want to make sure like we keep listening to people and hear their stories and things like that. Um, uh, the second would be probably um, probably the bigger answer, the best answer is like if you have a support team, if you have people who like you have friendships, you have people who are like on the same page with you, that could be like a real rock and source of encouragement and support. And so when a family member, a cousin, whatever, maybe says this or says that, like you're able to to handle it and to like kind of like keep your cool and to keep going because you know that you have like you're supported right like mm-hmm. um so i think that that's that's probably an important thing um and just you know jesus was misunderstood as well and um so the idea of somebody making a joke or misunderstanding you uh about faith in general about catholic faith like uh, you're in good company if that happens but um again like you don't want to unnecessarily provoke people Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I noticed that in my in my family um I'm I'm only 18 and I have aunts and uncles who you know are way older than me and stuff and I always want to be able to share that like my faith and be open with them but at the same time I don't want them I don't want them to look at me and be like oh she's young she doesn't know what she's talking about like wait until she gets into like the real world and all this stuff but at the same time, it's like, it's a real struggle for me because I do want to share. I do want, you know, I pray for them, obviously, but I want to also be able to encounter, I want them to encounter Christ with um, the way I'm living in my example. So I try really hard, um, but I do want to be able to share Jesus with them. Um, but I, I feel like if I do, I'll just basically be like the laugh in my face kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I want to be able to help them, but. Yeah, we want to be able to help everyone. But yeah, another thing I've noticed was um, one of my friends, like we, he was talking about another one of our friends who was Catholic, but they were like pro-choice, you know, and he was like angry, you know, and like saying all this stuff. But what he said was he made it made sense, you know, there's people you know, in our lives, and there's just, you know, strangers, people in the world that they don't want to hear, repent for your sins, like, you're going to go to hell, you know, they don't want, they don't respond well to, like, anger, but, you know, the thing is, and I listened to this homily the other day online, where the priest was like, they have to repent, because they're not on their way to heaven, and, you know, there's just, 
I feel like situations, especially nowadays, they're just very like not as easy to get into to help people to because you want them to go to heaven. You want everyone you love, not even everyone you love, but like you want everyone to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know. So how my question for you is: How would you, you know, bring truth in people's lives? that you're not necessarily, like, close to, you know? Like, you're not, like, family with them. But I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, friends and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I think one of, like, my best examples was, uh, I was probably, yeah, it was probably, it was, I was between 18 and 20. I don't remember exactly. And I just kind of had my, like, all-in-for-Jesus moment. And I remember like telling my buddy who he stopped going to church, you sleep with his girlfriend. I'm like, bro, you gotta go to confession. You gotta go to confession. And um, he never went to confession, right? He was just, it was just like, it was kind of like strategically, like what I was saying was true. He needed to go to confession mm-hmm. and he was in a state of serious sin. Uh, but like my sales pitch was like way off. Like it just it didn't work, yeah. right? And um, as opposed to in college, I would just pretty, I'd probably, once a week, maybe every other week, I was going to confession. And with my roommates, like, I wasn't like, hey, you need to do this or do that. But one day, he's like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just heading over to the church to confession. He's like, hey, can I go with you? Because I haven't been for a long time. You know, and so um, we just, like, there's, you just want to pay attention to each individual. And, um, and you know, I again, like, if if just being like straight up like hey bro like what you're doing is really stupid you need to stop it or you're gonna go to hell like if that worked that's what i would do all the time yeah but but that doesn't usually work usually it it creates like a they get defensive and then it becomes an argument and there's not like a mutual seeking of truth um and so like for us and our families and stuff like that like the, the the direct like like i'm just gonna hit the hammer or hit the nail on the head thing uh in most situations, it's probably not strategically the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of to live the life, um, to do it well, to care for people, to be generous, um, like to speak very deeply through your life, like by being the patient one, by being the one who helps take out the trash, by being the one who, uh, who whatever speaks kindly about somebody, you know, that, that, that's going to get you a lot of like, um, it's going to help a lot in the long run. Like you just, yeah. yeah evangelization and being, bringing people to Jesus doesn't usually happen in a five minute conversation, you know, but yeah, for by sure, sharing for your sure. life with them. Yeah. And like, we want to, yeah, it's hard. Cause we want to be like, dude, go to confession or like, you know, I just want go you to go to heaven. But, and it's definitely hard, especially with like families or people you're close to, because you want to see the people you love, you know, be open to Christ and just like help themselves kind of and go to heaven. So it's hard watching them like every day, just like not, you know, want that. It's hard. So that's, yeah, we just got to remember, man, we talked a lot about that, you know, like Especially because we got to remember Jesus is our savior, not us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, um, yeah, we're going to start to wrap it up kind of nearing the end. 
But Father Mark Mary, would you like to say anything about your book to the people? Basically, the point of it is like, it's almost like people know, like if they want to like get like in, in shape or something like that, they want to get like healthy, they should like eat right and exercise. Yeah. But sometimes like it's helpful to have an actual like diet plan. Like here, this is what would mm-hmm. be a good thing to eat. Or here's like a good workout plan, right? Like when we have that, our like success rate goes way up. And so that's kind of the idea of the book of like, okay, you want to pray? You want to have like a regular prayer schedule? Like here's super concrete, like what that can look like. Okay, you want to evangelize yeah. the people you, you live with? Like here's some like really concrete stuff of what it looks like. Um, cause the whole point of it is, all right, like, uh, the world's kind of crazy. Cool. But that doesn't mean you can't follow Jesus and follow him radically and, and be a, an instrument of renewal in the church. And so, yeah. um, yeah, I do think that, yeah, I hope it's, it, I'm pretty confident it's going to be helpful for a lot of <laughs> I'm people. I'm really excited folks. for it. Yeah, I cannot wait to read excited it. Too. Yeah. I feel like. That's just a good, like, tool to use. Totally. So you can pre-order it now. When does it come out? So, like, it's in hand March 19th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And, th- and then on our podcast, we're going to be going through it for a number of weeks to, like, really kind of, like... Awesome. Break it open and, 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 and um, yeah, help people kind of in- implement it in their lives. Yeah. That's so awesome. Wow. That's really cool. I love that. That's so cool. That's awesome. I can't okay. wait. Well, yeah. Everyone listening, go pre-order Habits for Holiness yeah. on Ascension Press. For sure. But uh, but yeah, I'm so happy that we were able to do this. And I'm so, like, this is such a blessing to have you on our podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah, thank, thank you. you so thank, much. Thank you, Sophia. Thank you, Angie. It's beautiful to see, um, yeah, what God's doing in your life, your desire to to share that with other people. Yeah. Props to your whoever it is in your family that, you know, taught you the faith. Because, yeah. like, people as good as you, that doesn't come from nowhere. And so I know there's <laughs> yeah. some good people in your life who've, who've uh, helped you out along the way. So, um, yeah, just keep, keep, keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And go listen to their podcast. Vocal, vocal. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Right. All right, well, guys. Well, thank you again for Father. listening. Thank you, Father, Thanks and uh, we'll see you in heaven. We'll see you in heaven, we'll guys. See you in heaven. <laughs>